Old as Chapman made it into town, took his physical, signed his contract, met David Bednar, and wow, right? Let's talk about something positive for a change on here. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins in the same place that you found this. Chapman is official. One year, $10.5 million. And it couldn't have looked or felt more official than to see the team video that was issued later in the day of Chapman and Bednar shaking hands right outside the Pirates clubhouse. There is something uniquely, what's a word I'm looking for here? How about emboldening? Emboldening is a nice way to start your morning, huh? About having a back-end bullpen that's just a bunch of bad dudes. <laughs> like, I don't mean bad dude as in, like, necessarily an evil or a rotten person. Bednar might be the nicest man on earth. But just knowing that if you reach a certain point in the game, your guys are going to get it done. That once you get through the the seventh inning, certainly through the eighth, that you might as well have just filed this one away. It's over and done. So I will give the appropriate props here to Ben Charrington and his staff for identifying, for whatever reason, they might have had. And remember, there's been no full public comment on this yet by anybody, although Charrington had a statement that came along with the official press release yesterday just extolling who Chapman is and what he's done in the past. I can't wait to hear from him what his thought process was, Charrington's, in terms of just really loading up on a strength. They teach you in the business world. That's how you're supposed to operate. Build from your strengths. Most of us think of a sports franchise as being one type of business where you're looking more to address your weaknesses than you are to build from your strengths. But in this case, you know, as I said the day that the news broke about Chapman, you're trying to shorten games. You don't have starters. You don't have anywhere near enough starters. You still need to get more. But as long as you're there, go ahead and shorten the game. Now, Chapman did do a Zoom call with local reporters. I don't know why it wasn't done in person. Maybe he had to be in and out of the city in a hurry or whatever. But it was a Zoom call, and there was an interpreter involved. So instead of playing you audio of what the interpreter had to say, I'm just going to read for you, and these will be verbatim, a couple of quotes of note from Chapman yesterday. He said, as to why he signed with the Pirates, he said, first of all, one of the most important things was that there was good negotiation and very good communication. Coming to the Pirates, it's a young team. They seem really thirsty to want to win. I'm an athlete who likes to compete. Being here with a team that wants to get into this division race and starting winning was good for me. On his role with the team, 
He said, we haven't discussed it yet. It's something I'm pretty easy going about. There's no issue for me. I know there's a closer here and a very good one at that. I just want to stress that Bednar is a very good closer. I am very flexible. I just want to help the team out wherever they see fit to put me. I'm willing to help out. He said about winning the World Series just now with the Rangers and the value of that. He said, I think the word there is unity. I can set that example because of what I took away from being with the Cubs and with the Rangers. Just unity in that clubhouse, just that chemistry and being united is what helps you to excel. And finally, he was asked about the incident in Cincinnati a long time ago where he threw it. Andrew McCutcheon, and his response was, this is good. He said, obviously, we had an incident going back to when I was with the Reds, but those are just things that are part of life in baseball. You just get caught up in the games. But from my time with him, with the Yankees, I can say he is an excellent person. He's an excellent ball player, and I'm glad I was able to forge a relationship there with him. A lot of people who've been speculating about, oh, how might they, how might they this? Forget that he actually was Kutch's teammate in the Bronx. So all of that is long since water under the bridge. Here's my favorite part of this, all of this. I don't think people realize how many other options Derek Shelton's going to have besides Bednar and Chapman. I kind of expect that from people on the outside or the periphery of following the Pirates. I don't expect them to know about Colin Holderman. I certainly don't expect them to know about Carmen Mlodzinski. And I definitely don't think they've ever even heard of Ryan Barucki. But all three of those pitchers, each in his own way, can contribute a lot to the back end. And I mean the very back end. Let's remember that when the Pirates were doing well this past season, uh, not even just the 20-8 and start, but at other points, whenever they would go on a little bit of a streak or be set up for a sweep somewhere, meaning the good kind, that they'd run into some kind of issue in the third game or the fourth game or whatever it was because they'd already used Bednar twice, they'd already used... Uh, Holderman, and then you'd be throwing out two guys that really shouldn't have been part of that mix. Well, if you're planning to succeed, meaning that it's part of your expectation that you're going to win, and that's what it is for them, at least verbally, then you have to have multiple back-end options. And I think between Holderman and Mlodzinski, in particular, I, I I can't say enough good things about the way Mlodzinski performed. And I'm candidly here surprised that his name doesn't come up in more conversations about this team. He showed a lot. He showed wipe out stuff at times. And he showed more than either of those things, poise that was through the roof for a kid. When he starts really feeling good about himself and building up his experience and his understanding of opposing hitters and tendencies, I think you're going to see this kid really take off. And I'm not just saying that because he was the one who ended that comeback game in Cincinnati the way he did, but he did. I think there's something here. I think there's something positive 
really positive. Don't let it go to waste. When we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Your front door, your car, your bike, your computer, your gun. Safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. Visit ProjectChildSafe.org. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. Today's J1Q comes from Dan, who says, DK, knowing that Bob Nutting is more of a business guy than a baseball guy, do you think that he rewards Ben Charrington for having a lower payroll than other major league teams based purely on how much he can profit compared to spending more and have a competitive major league baseball team that the Pittsburgh community would embrace? Dan, I'm glad you sent this in. There's not a sliver not an iota of truth to any of it, but I'm glad you sent it in anyway. And I'm not here to uh, to tear it apart. I'm not here to, you know, look down my nose. I know this and that about the Pirates and you don't or anything. That's not exactly my style. In fact, it's not at all my style. One of the things that I would hope that eventually can be understood and accepted at least – by the people who listen to this program is that nutting is a bad owner. Nutting is not the right owner for the pirates. If things were optimal, even in a salary cap environment, if major league baseball were to have a cap, he still wouldn't be the right guy. Even though he'd be forced to spend Within the same range as everybody else, every cap comes with a floor, comes with expanded revenue sharing. So pretty much every payroll is within the same $20 million framework. Even if that happened, he wouldn't be the one you'd want doing this. Why? Well, it's not because he's a cartoon villain. It's not because he's Mr. Burns. It's not because he's Doofenshmirtz from Phineas and Ferb. Mad scientist, evil. That's actually a SpongeBob reference for those of you who don't get that. That's not what this is about. He's not a good owner in large part because he's made some lousy hires. And then he allows those hires to just take over the process. Not because he isn't involved, not because he's aloof, not because he isn't around. It's just he believes in that. He is an uber-delegator. Now, everything that I just said to you is a lot more boring 
than the scenario that you just put forth. But the scenario that you just put forth takes fire everywhere, radio, talk shows, social media, and everything, because it's a whole lot sexier. And the more that everyone can picture Nutting and his henchmen rolling up the hill with dollar bills falling out of their wheelbarrows as they take them off to his castle in Transylvania or whatever, then you miss the point. And by missing the point, you fail with the criticism that gets levied that's legitimate. If you ever want to hit these guys where it hurts, if that's your objective, I'm not suggesting it, okay? Don't ever bring up payroll because they know that that's not it. They know that that's not their shortcoming. Their shortcoming is that they've hired a lot of people who are bad at baseball, meaning baseball acquisition, baseball development. Heck, the baseball oversight process to recognize these things. All of those are bad. The pirates spend very much to the industry norm, in some cases well above the industry norm, on all of these things. They just aren't good at it. And that reflects way worse on the owner than whether or not he signs or affords or allots the signing of another pitcher or two. But we have, as a city, uh, as a group of people following the Pirates, condensed all of this down to the silliest, weirdest narratives. No offense, my man, okay? But the idea that you could think... I mean, let, me, let me just entertain this for you just to humor you, okay? The idea that you could think for even a fleeting second that the owner of a major league sports franchise could incentivize his general manager to hold down payroll so that he can have a larger cut in profits, it presumes that this general manager will never have another job, will never have another employer, will never, ever, ever, ever tell anybody about this incredible thing. Poof, there it goes. Do you really think that after Frank Coonley and Neil Huntington got fired, that it wouldn't come out in some form or other that they had been told, hey, you henchmen, keep the payroll down at this level and I'll slip you some money under the table or other weird stuff. Have we gotten that bizarre as a society? Like in general, we just believe anything anybody says anymore. And when somebody says, oh, that's not true, then it's fake news. Ah. Anyway, we're going to do another one of these tomorrow. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates.